Bandwidth for all shows on the Aussie Tech Heads network is supplied by Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting. For a fast, affordable and reliable Australian server with fantastic support, contact Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting at aussietechheads.com.au. Aussie Tech Heads, Australia's best hosting service. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Aussie Tech Heads this week. It's the f- coming to you 14th of the 5th, 2015, and it's episode 437. Welcome. I'm Glenn. Uh, obviously, as you know, or if you don't know, if you're new to the show, maybe you don't know. Well, my name's Glenn. How are you doing? And tonight we have Will. Only Will tonight. Hey, Will. Straight into it. How are you doing? Hey, mate. How you doing, buddy? It's been a while. It has, yes. You've had Skype issues and oh, whatnot. Had all sorts of problems where it started off with Skype. As soon as I installed Skype, system crashed, and then I was uninstalling that, and I was using it for a while, and the system just got more and more and more unstable to the point where it was like running for 10 minutes and crashing. That's so, did the good old trick of uh, running um, sysconfig and going to the clean startup menu and starting adding one program at a time. Oh, yes. You've... And got to crash plan, oh. which is the online backup, you know, let's, mm-hmm. it automatically updates and then throws stuff up on... No, up onto the website, you know, so you don't have to worry about it. And every time I loaded Crash Plan, it basically shut my system down. So I uninstalled it and reinstalled it, and it was fine for about two or three days, and then it started doing the same thing. So obviously, in the latest update of Crash Plan, something's not quite right. Yeah, well, thankfully, I haven't had that issue yet. Mm. I had a, a big Windows Patch Tuesday update just before the show. As always, it always comes out, doesn't it? Uh, Thursdays for us, Patch mm-hmm. Tuesdays, delayed by daylight. Day saving time. <laughs> well, because some days. of us don't turn our computers off, we get it like you know yesterday. But I don't turn mine off. Oh, really? Because yeah. I got the up- I always get the updates um, Wednesday night. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it was sitting there for a while. Maybe oh. it's just set different or something. I don't know. Could be. Could be. Who knows? Who cares? As long as I get it, that's the main thing. All right. So well, yes. Yeah. We've got, a, we've got a few stories to get through tonight. We're brought to you always. Bandwidth is supplied by ATH Web Hosting, aussietechheadsweb.hosting.com.au. That's it. So if you're looking for some web hosting for your blog, for your web page, for whatever, emails, whatever, uh, athwebhosting.com.au. Domains even. Do it all. So give us a give us a buzz. Get on there and sign up. Do yourself a favour. <laughs> all right. Now, where are we going to start tonight or uh, well, this week? Oh, let's start with the, let's get the bad news out of the way. People with BBC iPlayer, it's closing down. The global version, closing down. Um, the service was available in Australia, Canada and Western Europe. It never launched in the US due to conflicts with some pay TV channels and I think BBC America, uh, you know, I don't know, had issues with that, I think, as well. So anyway, that's uh, BBC iPlayer. Were you a subscriber of BC, blah, 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 what that one, Will? <laughs> no, I um, most of the stuff that we actually um, watched, very little of it was on the BBC side of it anyway, so it wasn't, um, although my nephew is huge BBC nut, like, 
anything that BBC releases, he basically has watched every episode ever made of it. Yeah, right. And um, I think he's... I mean, obviously, there's a way around that, of course, but um, he was rather upset by that because he had to, you know, do five minutes' worth of work to get around that problem. <laughs> well, some of the best-known <laughs> programs, including Top Gear, Sherlock, were available along with archive shows of big archives of Gavin and Stacey, Forty Towers, Planet Earth, and the classic episodes of Doctor Who. No, where are we going to go for classic Who? The closure was expected after BBC Worldwide announced in 2013 it intended to pull support for the global player, saying it would instead focus on ma- making material available via the BBC.com website. What does that mean? Users have been notified of the switch off. No more auto renewals. So apparently this thing is going to be closing between the 26th of May and the 26th of June. 2015 subscription will be honoured in full and your auto renewal will be switched off. This date can be found in your subscriptions tab on iTunes. Uh, please note, also note that you will only be able to watch your downloads until the day your subscription lapses. There you go, eh? No good for the BBC iTunes dudes. iPlayer dudes. Yeah, well, I'm actually just look, they, I'm looking on the BBC website at the moment and nowhere anywhere on here, probably because of the... Um, you know, we're in a different part of the world and how dare we want to watch their shows. But uh, nowhere on here can I actually see... It's got the listing of the shows, but nowhere does it let me watch... I can watch trailers, I can watch previews. Yeah, there's nowhere on here at all that lets me watch the show. So, mm. yes. Well, there you go. So, I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to find those somewhere else or wait for the BBC to do something. Look, well, I never, I never did subscribe to it. I watched the free ones as they came on. Yeah. Uh, that's about all. Like you know, like all these shows, you can you can find them on Foxtel or you know around the around the place. YouTube, it's it's amazing how so yeah, many. There's shows. a lot of stuff on YouTube. <laughs> I know it is amazing, but uh, talking about all that sort of stuff, internet, TV, the Netflix tax here it comes. Yeah. Uh, the federal government has revealed plans in the budget. I don't know, did you? Oh, look, the the, the uh, budget reply speech is on. Quick, we better hurry. <laughs> I can't oh, miss it. That's interesting. I had a link of that up a minute ago. I was about to, the same one you're about to read, probably from a different site, and I just refreshed the page, and it's no longer there. Oh, I don't know where mine <laughs> come from. Where did mine come from? Mine My, was from um, IT. ZN. Oh, I got it was... IT News. I think that's similar. Yeah, that might be so, similar. But anyway... Uh, mine is no longer there, so there you go. They must have something wrong in there, probably. Yeah, so if you were keen, you listen to the budget and you listen to the news after over the last couple of days after the announcements, the government has plans to put the GST onto non-tangible, digital, downloadable products. So the, gov- sure. the <laughs> government wants to apply the GST to intangibles, such as digital books, music and software provided by overseas-based companies expanding GST coverage to merchants supplying digital products into Australia will reap the government $350 million over four years. So, um, yeah, I know, look, there's been a lot of people, obviously people who subscribe to Netflix and uh, Amazon, whatever, iTunes, whatever, they've obviously got a problem. They don't like it. Uh, But, I mean, you know, I I think it's, it's probably not a bad thing. You'd probably disagree, Will. Yeah, on the next breath, they'll be saying, oh, but we're going to crack down on piracy. But do you think that... We'll we'll take take Netflix. What is it? $12 a month. Do you think people are going to revert back to piracy for $1.20? An extra $1.20? 
Um, yes. <laughs> okay. Especially if you consider that, um, you know, they're talking not just that though. They're talking songs. They're talking uh, books. They're talking, you know, everything. But the thing is, this is what I don't understand. How can they claim GS Town something that isn't? It's a goods and services tax mm. based. But it's exactly the same as the, now they've dropped the thousand dollar threshold on importing stuff. So if you buy something off eBay, even if it's five dollars, you now get taxed GST when it comes into the country. But that's only from but, certain suppliers, isn't it? No, that's pretty much everyone now. Okay. Um, yeah, well, how are they going gonna... to tell? But mm. what the thing is, how can they say that's you know? Other than pure revenue raising, which we know it is, but there's no justification for it because the goods or services didn't originate in this country. They got nothing to do with it. They're probably not even hosted here, and they're probably never any of the companies that do host it or import it. You know. Well, I think I look. I've thought about this over the last couple of days and so forth, and I just thought, well, you know, like take and I'll use Stan as an example. Um, so Stan's in direct competition with Netflix. You would say yes. You'd probably agree. Um, yeah. Yeah. Pretty, more or less, yeah. Pretty much. So, Stan, for their $10 a month, they have to pay GST. And Netflix, for their $12 a month, they don't have to pay GST. So, it's not that the company's going to pay it. It's We're paying for it at the end of the That's day. That's right. But, but I'm saying, like, so Netflix, what that, that you want to say that they're going to get an advantage for being an overseas company. And not having not having to uh, create their pricing around a, and include a GST component. So no, that, I'm saying why is Stan paying GST? It's it's not a physical product. Mm. Well, it's the same like with my domains. When I sell them sell them through the ATH web hosting, so I buy them. I can't claim GST back on them because I buy them from overseas. So they're uh, whatever yeah. whatever they are. But then when I sell them, but that's a physical product, a domain. More or less, like cool. it's something that you know you can redirect and you can use. Like you can, you can, you know what I mean? It's 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 basically a physical mm. product. But what I, what I'm saying is like, but then when I sell it, I've got to charge GST. So instantly, yeah. I'm off ten percent. Yeah, so instantly. So I either suck it up, or um, or yeah, I don't suck it up. <laughs> but that's what I. That's my point of view. And plus, I don't know. The obviously we need the money somewhere from somewhere somehow. Well. So, no, we don't. If you look at the budget, there's plenty of money if they stop spending it on crap. But the thing is that um, it's not just that, like, that. That's the tip of the iceberg as compared to what they've actually done. Like the way they've redefined the boundaries of what's classed as a necessity item and things like that now as well. It's just horrendous. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's purely all money grabbing. I mean, we know hmm. this, but the thing is. How is it like? I didn't. Well, in maybe the one I, in the one I was reading, and I, I haven't had a. I don't. I don't do politics a lot, but I had a quick read of it, and I didn't see anywhere things like. Um, I could be wrong, but I didn't see steam in there anywhere. For example, I think they'll get sucked up into it. Well, that, but that's. I think. Does Microsoft yeah. the, that Xbox Live Gold thingy? Does that uh, have GST? Does anyone know? I don't know because I never. I never go. I have, for it. don't have an Xbox. I don't know. No. But this, like, this is what I'm saying. Like, you've either got to have, you know, it's either got to be, well, honestly, things like that. I can't. I can't understand how they can even put a GST on it. Like I was saying, Stan shouldn't have a GST on that because it's not a physical thing. Well, but it's a, know, it's consumption. I mean, it's, it's even it's even a little bit 
a little, little bit consumption. No, that was like 150 years ago. Um, it's a little bit different with domains and, and, and things like that. I guess technically you could call them a physical thing because there's somewhere that you redirect people and that, that can be part of your business. But when you're talking TV shows, um, things you're only ever going to watch once. Books, yeah, okay, maybe I guess you could argue a book could be physical, but really? Mm. Well, yeah, you know. I've got a little graphic here, just moving on a, a touch from that. And this was tweeted through the through the week by Matt. So good on you, Matt. Let's see if we can get that. Oh, I don't know if I can get that. Oh, how's that? I don't know if I can get that up on the screen. Oh, did you break it? I did. I might have. Hang oh, on. Let's see, right. let's see if I can do this. Can't because... take you anyway. <laughs> oh, how's that? I don't. You don't know if you can read that or not. <laughs> let's see if we can. Uh... No, I can't. Don't think I can. Control make... scroll. Hang on. See if we can make this any bigger. There we go. That might be good enough. Okay, so what this is showing, this is a little a little graph, a little line graph, whatever you want to call it, and it shows the uh, the the rate of uptake of the, these IPTVs. Now you look at Netflix uh, when as it as it peaked in what's that early April or well, mid April, call it mid April peaked, say just over eight hundred thousand visits uh, in mid April, and now you look at Stan, poor old Stan. He, they're hardly off zero, so they're struggling. Yeah, but I mean, Netflix probably didn't move off zero for the first two years either. Well, when it was, well, it come with a, a lot of um, a lot of if, goodwill. If it was, yeah, but I mean, Netflix didn't. Was Netflix? Hang on, am I getting a, was Netflix the one that started off with the uh, DVDs that you hired and sent them back? Oh, Quickflix. Oh, it was quickly. It's okay. Yeah, but but I'm um, but just it's interesting because you got Stan on the bottom, which hardly has made a dent in anything. Nothing wrong with Stan. I didn't no. mind it. it. Had a couple of good things on it for the for the free month. <laughs> then you got yeah. then you got Presto, sort of just just above it, which is surprising because you're on a T box, you can get a free six months to that. And Ten Play, which is very surprising. Uh, Ten Play comes in next, so because that's good. Well, yeah. I've actually found myself watching Ten Play uh, lately. Yeah, um, that's not I too find bad. out of all of them, out of the iView or whatever it is on seven, and the the ten play is probably although they have really bad quality issues, um, but their service actually seems to work the best here. Anyway, I don't get buffering and buffering yeah, ten play is like. good. Uh, then you've got now this is well, I don't know if you do you know what this is tv.yahoo.com. Yeah, that'd be Yahoo TV. What's on that? I've never even been there. Oh, I don't. That must be good. <laughs> I've never even I've never even heard of it's it. It's probably you'll find it's probably um like preset on set top boxes and Yeah, right. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna Google that. AU.tv.yahoo. Okay. Let's 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 Google. AU or well, let's if type I could it spell in. Yahoo, this would be a lot easier. Yahoo.com. <laughs> let's try this. Let's see what comes up. Because I, I don't know. What is this? Well, it's slow. Here we go. Downtown Abbey. Watch video. Down. So what is Is this like a, oh, it's a Channel 7 catch-up? Is that what it is? Yeah. Well, that'll be 7. Well, it is 7 yeah. Yahoo. Yeah, so it's a Channel 7 But it doesn't up. look like it's actually, it's recaps, interview, TV in no time. Let's see. TV. Okay, so that looks like that's all... Or like snippets. It's not it doesn't actually look like it's full shows. It just looks like it's right. Okay, well let's go watch video. Oh, that's a re- right, preview. Yeah. What's on Downtown Abbey? Add to my shows. 
Yeah, no, it's all it's all um, just like snippet stuff. Like it's a catch up. So if you've missed something, you can watch a five minute version of it and get an idea what's going on. Oh, okay. Well, the catch up for Channel Seven is yeah, I watch it on the uh, on the iPhone. Anything, all these catch up on the iPhone are pus. I've had great success with our 10 play on the Apple TV works brilliantly mm. but the, 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 the as soon as they get to an ad it pauses and it stops until you turn your phone or the iPhone on and swipe it to access it otherwise it, it stops at the ad break and then it'll it'll freeze on the first frame of the ad for about 10 seconds then it'll go to the next freeze on the second frame on the first frame of the next ad freeze for 10 seconds and it does that for every ad until it gets back to the show no, yeah. really? Yeah. It, oh, how, I don't have much success with those catch-up things. Uh, I know 7 Play or 7 Plus catch-up or whatever is also on the T-Box. I haven't checked it out on the T-Box yet. And 9 Jump In, that's just the biggest pile that's of pass I've ever seen. Well, it's funny. Jump In, um, they're, I mean, I don't have buffering issues with it, but damn it, the low quality. Yeah, so that's... um, that's, yeah, it's horrid. Like, because I'm watching, trying to watch Renault Rumble and... For some bizarre reason, I've never had an issue with Channel 9 on my set-top box, ever. The day I started to record When I Rumble, Channel 9's played up. So <laughs> I've had to watch it on on um, the catch-up thing. But, yeah, man, it's it would be, because we've got a 50-inch plasma, it would be like maybe 360 at best. Mm. If that, probably not even that. You can't half the time, you can't actually read when they bring up the lower third. Half the time you can't even read the names. Yeah, they got to get so, they got to get work and sort themselves out on all that sort of stuff. Yeah, which isn't given that YouTube can stream 1080, not a problem. Even on um, my in-laws' ADSL, which maximums like four meg. Yeah. Um. Then there's no excuse for it. No. Really. No, that's right. I don't know what the story is with that jump in, but I don't know. Maybe they don't like you catching up. They want to keep you in the dark. So, uh, so do you reckon these shows like Renault Rumble, do you reckon people put them on torrents? Do Australian shows? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Really? Um, if you go to PrimeWire, <laughs> the show's dead set because I missed it the first night and it's 12 hours behind or something like that on the catch-up. Yeah. And I was actually looking for something else. Um, but I literally would have probably, like the show finished at 8.30. And I probably would have been looking at 8.35, and oh. there it was in the list. Oh, someone's on NBN. That's it. Within five minutes of it finished airing, it was there ready to watch in 7.20. So someone has to encode that <laughs> and upload it in like five minutes. Yeah. That's pretty I'd say fast. That what they were doing is they were probably, they were probably ripping the live, the live encode, doing it live. Yeah, right. Because there was no ads, so that would have given them that time to catch up. Have you ever tried to share a torrent or put a torrent up there? Yeah. Uh, yeah. With success? Yeah. I've never had success. <laughs> I've tried uh, to put one of these shows up there once and uh, I could never I could never find it again. Yeah, it's not yeah, well the thing is, because of the way torrents are peer to peer, you've got to have a peer active. So if there's no active peers with that file, there's no file. But I was active. So uh, yeah, but the thing is like You've got to not only you've got to put a show up, you've got to put something up that people are searching for. So, mm. and then you've got to propagate through all the things. Like, you'll find a lot of the, the files are hosted initially on server backends so that the file's always there and then it spreads out. Once the torrent spreads and the peers have it, then obviously it gets faster yeah, and faster. Take, but yeah. you need that initial backend to, to get it up and running. Yes. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, you know, getting getting onto that that whole streaming versus pirating, which is crappiest or whatever. Um, but I mean, th- yeah, that that was the thing. Like, I missed it on, and this is what I don't understand. I can record it onto my set top box and yeah. from the TV. And I can watch the show, and then I can fast forward through the ads anyway, and then watch the next part of the show and fast forward through the ads. Yes. And that's perfectly legal. If yes. I then download that, or if I, you know, put that up on the net for somebody to download without the ads, and they download it and watch it, it's illegal. Well, yes, apparently. Well, is it? <laughs> is that is that the actual illegal part, or is the actual sharing the illegal it's part? The share, for me, I can I can leave, see. This is what they're, they're, they're shooting themselves in the foot because at the moment, they're cracking down on people. I've got a story on, um, on tunneling, a tunneling app later, but they're, they're cracking down on people who are downloading the file. But yes. they actually, there's no enforcement for that. The, the, the well, thing they complain about, the, the piracy, if you want to use that, their own terminology, hmm. is the uploading of it, not the because, downloading of it. Well, I suppose. Like you could, could you say... Uh, you could could you go into your court? You get pinged for downloading. You could say, well, how do I know? So, well, say say you, you download something from iTunes. How do you know that you only know through um, through just talking to different people and, and whatever through the goodwill and Facebook or whatever that you only know that you're downloading something from Apple and that's going to be totally legit. How do you know that? How do you, do you, it, there's no Terms is there terms and conditions for each show that you download, or some sort of warranty that anything that comes from iTunes is legit? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but that's right. And this is the thing I love about that they they rave on about piracy. Okay, so this is the dictionary meaning of piracy, which is how the law has to see a word. It doesn't have a choice. If it's in the dictionary and it's a known word, the law has to use it that way. So piracy is a person who attacks or attacks or robs a ship at sea. Okay, probably not really doing that. Uh, Let's try this one: to rob or plunder a ship. We no, no, probably not doing that one either. Uh, To use or reproduce another's work for profit, usually in contravention of a patent or copyright. Mm. Well, yes, that so that's piracy. But also, when you cast your mind back, when you used to watch. DVDs with the the you know the scroll of the with the stolen music and that yeah, they well, used that for that, yeah. And they're mostly mostly it concentrated on public broadcasting of that material. That's right. It concentrated on the copying or, or the the redistribution of that material, and I suppose well, I suppose the copying, which would probably be downloading, wouldn't it? If you're downloading it, you're sort of copying it, but yeah, for personal and- use. I don't know. Here's the thing. Here's the thing they added onto it quite recently. This has just recently been on added onto the the definition of it. A person or organisation that broadcasts radio or television programs without official authorization. Mm. So if you're consuming it, that's not you. No, and unless you've got a TV station and tower in your backyard, you're not broadcasting it either. No, that's right. So so yeah. they're they're cracking down on what. They, they, they can't use piracy as a law because they're not cracking down on piracy because piracy is irrelevant to what you're doing. So what's this whole three strikes thing that they're supposedly doing? Mm. You know, And not only that, they're also illegally monitoring your data, but hey, that's another whole other whole <laughs> animal. But look, it doesn't matter. They'll, they'll, mm. they'll, they'll go down this track, they'll, they'll ping a few people for downloading Dallas Cowboys and all this sort yeah, of stuff. that's it, exactly. And, and then all of a sudden, you'll find that if this starts to get traction, 
then I've seen it already that people just rename the file. So instead of Dallas Cowboys, they'll they'll rename it um, News at Six. You know, yeah. <laughs> and so you know, and the word gets out. The news is six is Dallas Cowboys, and there'll be something that'll happen. Something will come out. Well, I mean, when I do download torrents, which is very rarely, because I stream, and that's another thing that I obviously can't do anything about because streaming is just bits going back and forth. But when I do download um, episodes, it's usually called S six E four. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> Why that could be, you know, could be anything, absolutely anything at all. Mm. Yeah. So, all right. Well, how about you uh, open up your tunnel? Tell us what's in your tunnel. My tunnel contains all sorts of interesting things. Oh, I'm sure it does. Oh, but I mean, you want okay. So, tunneling in this sense is um, basically a way to um, create a VPN through your browsers, and and it, it creates what they call a tunnel to geo blocking and website tracking and things like that. Uh, which has been relatively easy on PC, but on mobile devices, it's been quite a tricky, uh, a, a tricky thing up until recently. So, um, Tunnelbear, who I've actually used for various VPNs and things like that, and there are other ones doing this, but this story just happened to be here at the right time, so I'm using this one. Um, it now has a lets you use uh, Chrome OS and uh, Chrome in general, so it also works on Android devices. Uh, it's a service that provides a VPN tunnel um, using an extension in Chrome. So the neat part about Tunnel Bear is regardless of whether or not you remember, you get one gig of traffic free every month. So mm. if nothing else, you can secure things like emails and stuff like that um, free of charge, which is pretty neat. And now that um, the Australian government is doing metadata retention illegally, um, you basically need to use, you know, VPN. So there's pure VPN. Um, you know, there's all there's all sorts of things. Tunnel Bear is, is a nice, neat one, and it's quite tidy. Requires not much setup on a lot of mobile devices because it does work straight through the browser. Will this um, will this put you out into yeah a different country like? To... Yeah, you can set. It's got fourteen different nodes, fourteen different countries. Sorry, so. Right. You can choose whichever sort of country you want, and so you get a gig um, free each month. Yeah, yep. That's pretty. So reasonable. you know, if you're just browsing and emailing and stuff, that's plenty for that. Yeah. Um, even you know, you get to the end of the month where you've got a cup hundred meg left, you can you know do you know videos on um, BBC or well, you can't do that now, but you know. Overseas. Well, you can on the yeah. on the on the domestic one. They're well, not, yeah, you could. You could yeah. log into the UK and, and not, do it that way. They're not so. cutting the domestic one. Yeah. Um, I, I use pure VPN generally because they're quite cheap um, and they have a nice little app that, that does it all as well. But Tunnelbear is, is, yeah, it works quite well. But yeah, so it really is something if you're looking at basically doing anything that isn't 100% officially, you know, smiled mm. upon. Yeah. Um, I strongly recommend you get yourself a VPN. If you don't know what a VPN is or how to set it up, um, you know, Learn. talk to talk to your local tech. It's they're pretty basic. It generally, requires not much more than obviously your subscription. Most and of these a couple of settings, a couple of IP changes. Yeah, most of these places tell you how to use the service anyway. I think. Yep. So. Um, I don't know if Tunnelbear has an iPad version. I know that. Um, what's the other one called? The the. Well, don't uh, you just put it into your VPN settings? It, you don't know, it doesn't pure, yeah, Pure VPN I know has a has an iPad app and an Android app as well that oh, you okay. just literally load it up, hit 
you put your put your login details in, and then you can choose all your different settings yeah. and configurations and stuff like that. So well, I used to use VPN occasionally uh, to watch like the Channel Nine game of footy live. Yep. You know, cause yeah, because you were jail locked. Yes, that's right. So I used to, and because that was the game I was interested in, and you know, who likes watching ads? So I used to uh, pull that up on the my little Mac here, mirror it to the TV, and it was great. Yep. And uh, yeah, and then I could watch that live at three o'clock, uh, you know, and let, not a delayed one at four. But now Channel Nine have put it live at four, so I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. You know, one thing I've used it for, and more so this year now that V8s have gone to mostly paid, they've only got a couple of free races this year. Most of it's paid. Um, so I use VPN to come in from another country, and if you come in from another country, you can go to the um, Telstra hosted V8 Supercars website and watch the stream live right. as long as you're not in Australia. <laughs> oh, gee, oh, gee. <laughs> so I'm watching know. the thing that should have been free anyway, freely. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. I think there's a lot of people upset that it's... What's that now just on Foxtel, is it? Is that what's happened? Um, yeah, I think all the... All the um, Enduros are all on Foxtel. Mm. I can't remember the exact numbers, but I think there's only like four or five races that are on free-to-air. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. All the, everything else is on Foxtel, which is fine because, you know, the last couple of years have been dying in the ass anyway. So. Mm. But this is going to absolutely murder them. I'm, I don't know how the sponsors were even remotely happy with this outcome. You look at their numbers and like you look at the, like, the people watching, the live figures for people watching, yeah, and it's like ten percent. Yeah, right. It's, there's just no one watching it now on TV. If they're not turning up at the event, no one watches it. It's just how, how many? What's the figures like on the Telstra site? Did you get a little counter? Oh uh, yeah, well there. <laughs> um, I have noticed this year a couple of times. It's actually said there's too many. There's too many people watching. Please, <laughs> oh, you're basically yeah. putting a queue. <laughs> so I've never oh. seen that in the last like. Five or so years I've been doing it, so because mm. I used to do it for other reasons. Because it was, you know, if you're out and about and you want to watch it, um, you wanted to watch it, you could do it. And if you're with a Telstra Mobile, actually, it was good. You could do it for free. But if you weren't, um, you could do it the same way. If you, you know, yeah, able to get it. But yeah, it's It's there's a lot of people doing it. That's for sure. All right, let's uh, change uh, speed. Let's let's talk about Windows Server 2003. If you got one. You better have a good look at yourself. Companies that <laughs> companies that don't make the move to migrate off Windows Server 2003 before Microsoft ends support in two months, there will be significant security implications, possibly putting businesses at a big risk for a breach, a breach of security, experts said. That might be the guys at Microsoft Windows Server 2012, I'd suggest. <laughs> so uh, we expect attacks will peak around July 14. When support officially ends, as Server 2003 will be one of the least secure systems in existence, mm, says the product manager, a, a Piero de Paole, who is the marketing dude at Symantec. As of mid-July, let me get this for you. There we go. As of mid-July, Microsoft will no longer issue patches and security patches or updates for its Server 2003 operating system. Microsoft issued 61 Server 2003 security bulletins last year and 25 so far this year. So if you've got Server 2003, possibly with a couple of Renault Rumble torrents out there as well <laughs> on the back end just for Will. He's just for Will's delight. Um, yeah, you better think about moving off that, I think. 
Uh, it's funny, I don't normally watch it, but this year I've been watching Rana Rumble and um, Kitchen and uh, MasterChef for some reason. There's something oh, MasterChef's great. I like MasterChef. I, I haven't watched it for years, but this year, yeah, it's been quite good. Yeah, I don't like MKR. I never really got into it. I don't know what the whole Razzle Dazz is about all that one. But anyway. What's that? I don't, MKR. Everyone loves it. Yeah, I don't, I don't get MKR. I don't, I don't get it either. I'd Maybe rather, it's just us old fogies. <laughs> it doesn't appeal to us. MasterChef <laughs> makes me feel warm. So... <laughs> It's a, actually fuzzy. this year, yeah, this year's been very, very well-rounded compared to previous years. Mm. All right, Will, uh, what what else have you got there to talk about? All righty, well, you guys know how much I love Apple. Yes, oh, you yes. <laughs> so much um, so, you're nearly going to buy one. Yeah, that's it, exactly. Um, no, wait, that wouldn't be it. But um, no, they've actually, I was just, I wasn't going to do this story, I just kind of saw it there. Um, obviously, now if you own an Apple device, whether it's an iPad or an iPhone, you know you're prone to locked into what storage it comes with. Basically, yes. um, you don't really have flexibility in that regard. No, but there's a new product called uh, MediaShare, M-E-D-I-A-S-H-A-I-R, because apparently that's how you spell share. Um, oh, and air. It, that's from why. What air. I can gather. Basically, it's a wireless media hub. So, it's a hub that runs off, can either run off batteries or off USB ports or, you know, there's power pack or there's a few different ways of running it. And effectively, it has a USB port so you can either run a external USB you know, thumb drive or an external USB hard drive. Uh, it's got an SD card, reader, um, you know, a few things like that. And because it uses the wireless side of it you can tap straight into it um and hook it up wirelessly um it also has it set up so that it's got a ethernet port on it as well which say you're at a hotel or whatever and you want to log in you can log into it that way set it up put your username and password and then hook all your different devices up to it so it acts as a wireless hub as well mm. um it's got built-in batteries so you can charge with the car charging and stuff like that it's about a hundred bucks so the iPhone um, Wi-Fi is into it, and yeah, okay, and it, it will, and this thing will transfer video or whatever to the Wi-Fi to the iPhone. Yeah, so you can use it as data storage. You can use it as you know whatever you want to use it as. Yeah, right. um, a media player, all that sort of stuff. And as I said it acts as a Wi-Fi hub, so you can plug the network cable in and hook your what device up wirelessly to it. The neat part is because it is battery operated, so it um, you know if you're in if you just want to share some files with some mates, throw a thumb drive or a hard drive in there, and um, put it on a table, and everybody can grab the same files and, and stuff like that. I mean, it's a hundred bucks. It's got you know it's not not bad. There's a few other. Yeah. Um, you know, I think for, I mean, obviously it's not only for Apple, it will work with any, any wireless device, Android and stuff like that, but all your, a lot of your Android stuff has your OTG, you're on the Go connectors and things like that, so it's not such a big problem, but um, yeah, I think if you've got an Apple product, this is really a good a good solution right. for you to you know increase your storage. Can you send me the link to that and I'll chuck that in the show notes? That's, um... I can now that I've just closed it. Oh, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, I was going to go somewhere after that. Where was I going to go after that? No, oh, no, how, how about this one? Oh, I was going to say to you, uh, you know how I, I didn't tell you, but I, I bought a couple of things from Kogan first ever time. Mm-hmm. Thought I'd give them a shot, you know, see how it goes. Now, I haven't got them yet. They're coming tomorrow. I've got the, the con note. We're on, on, on the ball for tomorrow. But what mm-hmm. something, uh, have you ever bought from Kogan? 
Uh, I have done actually. I bought a couple of things off of you. All right. Now, the, my little question mark. Like, there's nothing, nothing wrong or anything. Uh, let me say that to start with. But my little question mark is, you know, the, this freight now coming by toll, and they say, oh, you know, I've been watching the freight. It left Melbourne and it arrived. Now, it arrived on the Gold Coast two days ago. Right. It, yep. was, it was signed in two days ago. I'm not getting it until tomorrow. Yep, that sounds about right. Why? Do they only deliver once every three days? Toll or something? It would probably uh, depends on. See, if they're paying for cheap freight, it would be whenever somebody's coming out this way. Right. You know, they're not going. They're not going to pay for a, a special delivery just to come out here out to you from wherever the depot is. So, oh, um, so they will actually. You reckon they they'll sort it and go? Okay, well, Rabina, yeah. we've got a couple for Rabina and maybe Varsity. So, okay, Friday, that's the day. We get the same at work. Um, if you don't get if a package doesn't arrive at the distribution centre by midnight, you won't get it the next day. You'll get it the day after. If it gets there by midnight, you'll get it the next day because it'll go onto that container. So um, we have the same thing at work. Sometimes you, you, you literally miss it by minutes. Yeah, okay. Um, well, yeah, it's, I mean, that's the thing. If they've only got one parcel and they've got to drive half an hour to go there, they're not going to do it. Mm. Unless it's been like three days and they have to because there's nothing else coming out to that coming area. Out. Yeah, maybe that's what's happened. But yeah, well, that must be that must be how Australia Post is going with their mail. Because they, well, they're going to they do are, they're getting every two hard, days. But I'm having said that, honestly, other than bills, what do you use Australia Post for these days? It's not much, you know, eh? The occasional Mother's Day card? No. <laughs> that's that, that sort of <laughs> no. Christmas card occasionally. That's about it. Like, yeah. it's, it's pretty much all for Post these days. I don't think any... Uh, we get some express post stuff, but regular snail mail? Nah, mm. we don't. I think I've probably sent maybe oh. two letters in 12 months. Yeah, well, the only time. When do I send letters? Not very often. No, not very often. But anyway, let's, uh, let's keep going. Now, Will, this is one right up your little tunnel. Meat. You leave my little tunnel alone. <laughs> now, We've been through that. Chip. That happened last time. One of us got pregnant. <laughs> oh, meat chip. Have you ever heard of chip? <laughs> Um, I eat chips. Is that close enough? Oh, yum, yum. No, it's the $9 computer. That's oh, right. Yes. Raspberry Pi rival. Eh? Now, the world's first US $9 computer, microcomputer, chip, C-H-I-P. Don't know what that stands for. Probably should have found out, but <laughs> I didn't. Uh, has been unveiled. Look at this. It's a Kickstarter. The tiny PC from Next Thing Co. is credit card size, so that's about six centimetres long. Single board computer, similar to the Raspberry Pi, but smaller and cheaper. Now, currently a project on Kickstarter. Now, you can go and join it. And apparently, if you donate to it, I'm not sure how much you've got to give to them, uh, and you, you'll get one. The super small device connects to a display, mouse, and keyboard for basic computing tasks. One gig processor, yeah, 512 meg DDR3 RAM, and four gig storage. That's all right. That's what people's computers are these days. Four gig. Connection-wise, you'll find on board a Wi-Fi, Bluetooth 4, USB, micro USB, and a three and a half mil output audio. Users can browse the internet, watch video, play basic DOS games, and work on spreadsheets or Word docs with it built-in Libra Office application. Excellent. Now, the US dollar pledge. So, okay, so you've got to put in nine bucks US by the looks of it. I've never done a Kickstarter, but anyway... I might do this, see how it all works. Nine bucks, can't go wrong. So nine bucks, Kickstarter, you'll get the chip board, and if you want the pocket chip, but the pocket chip, 49 bucks. And uh, shipping is expected around December. So they have, what do you got there, Will? You got the chip on going on. Here we go. Now the So yeah, so this is the Kickstarter website. 
All right, now, Chip, they've got 23,152 backers so far at the time of me looking at it today. Uh, they've got 23 days to go. Already, their goal was to get a pledge or a kickstart of 50,000. Now, at the moment, they're up to one point, nearly $1.2 million. How good is that? Yeah, they've still got 23 days to go. Yeah, so look, I might have a go with that. Let me write this down for after-show drinks, and I'll, I'll do that. So if you pledge uh, $9 or more, you get Chip, which is the self-learning the computer, um, and, com- that's, and a composite cable. That's pretty much all it has. $19 um, will get you... $19 will get you uh, one chip plus a 3-amp-hour, 3.7 LiPo battery pack so you can run Chip in portable mode. Uh, $19 will get you chip and a VGA adapter so you can run it on a normal VGA monitor. Oh, yeah, nice. Um, $24 will get you a chip plus a HDMI adapter. Uh, $49 gets you a chip plus a pocket chip, um, which basically gets a touchscreen key, key, well, gives you the chip part of it that plugs onto it. To, it gives you a uh, touchscreen keyboard and battery. Um, $64 gets you the chip plus the chip adapter plus a HDMI adapter. Uh, $93 gets you all that plus a battery. Then you go up 93 gives you the cabling. Then you start getting up into 150 gives you full access and lets you actually help you develop the software and things like that. Yeah, right. So, yeah, it's, um, well, it's they... pretty neat. I mean, it is literally like it would be good for, like you see that screenshot there, like emulation for MAME emulation and stuff like that. Mm. I think would be would be ideal. Um, oh, but it's so small. It's great. That's it, and you can see there. There's the little the pocket chip, so it gives you the little um, the touchscreen module <laughs> and the um, well. You can see down the bottom there. There's a pencil, so that gives you an idea of how the rest the rest of the size is with the touchscreen and wow. the keyboard. It's all obviously for projecting, so you can add your own faces and and all that sort of stuff to it. Um, yeah, that's but cool. yeah, it's it's you know I mean I mean yeah, it's not as powerful as the Pi. It's probably it's probably half as powerful as the original Raspberry Pi. Um, but depending on what you want to do with it, that's perfectly acceptable. Um, yeah, yeah. That's perfectly. Acceptable. So I actually, that... I wouldn't mind getting that forty nine bucks. You know, I reckon I could do that. The pocket chip plus the screen and keyboard. That'd be cool. Yeah, but are they going to post it to you though? Is that what happens? Yeah. Is it just yeah. US only, or are they post it anyway? There you go, four hundred ninety-nine bucks. You get the whole lot. <laughs> you get, you get ten, ten of them. Ten of each. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! So yeah, January two thousand fifteen, best beginning of work. March, design integration. May samples and first prototypes. July is alpha testing. September, revision two prototyping. October's final sourcing. November's manufacturing begins. February's manufacturing complete. May is when you actually start. So it's a twelve-month period. So. Hmm. And there you go. There's your uh, high quality programmers who um, who do all the work for you. Now, what are you going to use? George, <laughs> what are you going to use this for? You might ask. Well, who knows? That's the whole thing about it. But maybe Microsoft Windows is on the ball here. Windows 10. They've thought, okay, Internet of Things is all around the place. You know, we want to get involved. Let's put it on some of these little smaller computers. They've got the Windows because Windows 10 apparently is coming out with seven editions. 
That's it. Seven editions. Let's just run through them. The reason why I, I brought it up, though, was because one of the editions is the Internet of Things core. So this edition appears to be the replacement mm. for the Windows Embedded, which I haven't seen since XP Embed. Has there been another one since then? I don't know. Probably. Um, and we'll, mm, not that I've seen. And will power. So this Windows 10 IoT core will power smaller connected devices like gateways, larger scale devices like ATMs and retail point of sale devices will run versions of Windows 10 Enterprise and Windows 10 Mobile Enterprise versions. Now, in addition to this Windows 10 IoT core, and just, just bear with me for a sec because I know you love people on the video. I know you love graphics. So there's another one. <laughs> Now, um, the versions. Okay, Windows 10 Home. Okay, consumer-focused desktop edition, replaced Windows 8. So, easy. Now, Windows 10 Mobile, formerly Windows Phone 8.1. This edition will run on smartphones and tablets with smaller displays. So, now, this one, that one there, that'll be free as well because it's on a screen size smaller than 10 inch. And I think that's where Microsoft's going. Now, the other versions are Windows 10 Pro. So that's meant to replace Windows 8.1 Pro. It's designed for small businesses with extra features to allow companies to manage apps and data across devices. So the Windows 10 Pro users can also take advantage of the new Windows Update for Business program, which makes it easier for organisations to control how they get security and other updates. So that's all right. That's pretty good. If you've got a, you know, you don't want updates. If you're in a company that maybe has some proprietary software, you don't want updates just, just you know, falling over themselves to get onto the machine every Tuesday. But, oh, I've got a story about that. There's no more Patch Tuesdays. Let me let me keep going here. Now, then you've got Windows 10 Enterprise, which replaces Windows 8.1 Enterprise. And it's designed for larger companies. It has a more robust security feature and also supports the Windows Update for Business program. Enterprise customers aren't able to take advantage of it. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. So then you've got Windows 10 Education, Academic Edition. I don't know. Why is there an Academic Edition? So it said, it's a student edition. But why? <coughs> What's the what's why is it just cheaper or something? Yeah, it's same as the student edition. It's just a that's same full version. It's just cheaper. Microsoft also uh, says that there will be paths for schools and students using Windows 10 Home and Windows 10 Pro devices to upgrade to Windows 10 Education. Upgrade, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so there you go. It's seven versions. Now, Windows Patch Tuesdays apparently they they are no more. And that's not because Windows have given up the, the ghost. They're going to be bringing the updates as they happen, as they, as they are made. So during the company's Ignite conference in Chicago this week, Microsoft Executive Vice President, I'd like to be an Executive Vice President. That'd be a pretty good title on your window, wouldn't it? Uh, Terry Myerson told the audience that Patch Tuesday will no longer exist for consumers, and instead updates will be pushed out as soon as they're available. So the new patching schedule will impact all devices running Windows 10, including PCs, tablets, and smartphones. It says IT professionals will keep their systems updated through the newly launched Windows Update for Business. Now, this is the Windows Update for Business, which is a free service for all Windows Pro and Enterprise devices. It allows IT professionals to decide which devices will receive updates first, so blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, so as we know, next year or this year when Windows 10 comes out, it's if you've got Windows 8.1 or 8 or 7, I think, if you upgrade within a year, you'll get Windows 10 for free. Uh, so why wouldn't you be doing that, eh? So um, I'll be straight on to that one. Yeah, I'll be getting on that. Mm, get on that train for sure. Ride it all the way to town. But it's funny that, yeah, see, it's um, like the Raspberry Pi, they're bringing out a version for that. 
So they're going to be, have to be backing a few different architectures, obviously. Yeah, well, I guess... you know, some are risk, some are arm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. All right. Uh, what else? Do you got any more, Will? Um, yeah, I've got a couple here. Uh, well, I've got quite a few, actually. All but, right, uh, hit I us. can cut it down, I suppose. <laughs> um, okay, so we already know that phones are getting, you know, somewhat quicker than they were. Or tablets, you know, smart devices, I guess. Mm. So, MediaTek has just bought out their new processor, the new Helos H20. The new generation of processor is the first to offer a 10-core on the chip or a Deca-core processor. Oh, yeah. Which will be available in 2015. Uh, it's a new tri-cluster arrangement on the ARM big little architecture and integrates uh, CAT6 LTE um, connectivity. The new processor is more powerful and efficient than previous. This is Intel? Um, Sorry? Was this Intel? Uh, no, Meditech. Oh, right. So it's someone different. Yep. Hmm. Um, it's um, uh, it's offering power improvements in video encoding and decoding and high-end camera processing up to 32 megabits. Uh, megapixels, sorry. Um, yeah, right, nice. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot more information on there. But basically, this it's heading the same way now as a PC where you've got the... The line between the CPU and the GPU is getting more and more blurry, and they're, you know, cross-handling mm. um, both of each. Um, this is basically doing the same thing. This is now encumbering, encompassing the uh, audio and the video side of it as well, yeah, and combining right. it with the 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 CPU to, to cross the load off as well. So it's becoming more and more a crossover. Um, it basically has three processor clusters. Each is designed to handle a different workload. So the tri-cluster consists of one cluster of two ARM Cortex-A72 cores running at 2.5 gig for extreme performance, two clusters of four ARM Cortex-A53s, one running at... Oh, sorry, the A72s are running at 2.5 gig. The A53s are running at 2 gig for the medium loads, and there's one running at 1.4 for the light activity. So say you're just um, Facebooking, you'll be running off your little 1.4 gig Mm. So you're not using as much battery life and, and things like that and not as much heat dissipation happening. But then when you load up, um, say, a Java a web browser or YouTube video or um, you know something fairly graphically intense like Minecraft with a lot of, a lot of things going on, um, you'll kick up those, those four um, 2.5 gig cores and to give you that, that processing power when the you boost. need it. So. Yeah, nice work. So it's pretty intense. It's pretty intense. Now I heard you mention uh, Minecraft. There, when's when's the next Obsidian Loft coming out? Haven't heard that. Um, heard one for a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's been well. Last week, uh, well, the last couple of weeks, uh, Warlock's been working, and if I haven't been available, so it's sort of, it's all it's just coming. been happening. Yeah, we have got the old fart geeks has got to happen as well. It's just. Um, it's a little bit hard at the moment with, you know, obviously just two of us doing it. So if one of us isn't available, mm. well, there's no oh, real mate. point doing it. So, <laughs> and But when it is done, you can see it on uh, the iTunes. So don't forget to subscribe to it. Old Fart Geeks. Is that what it is? Yeah. Old Fart yep. Geeks. And the Obsidian Loft on iTunes. Also, uh, the Aussie Max Zone. Don't forget the Aussie Max Zone on iTunes as well. Or your favourite podcatcher. And uh, the Aussie Tech Radio. AussieTechRadio.com. So 24-7 back-to-back tech shows from Australia and New Zealand. If your show's not there, if you want a show on there, just uh, send me an email. Glenn at AussieTechHeads.com.au will gladly put it up there for you. It's free. Why wouldn't you do it? Hey. Oh. All right. AussieTechRadio.com. And Facebook. 
Facebook.com forward slash Aussie Techheads, YouTube.com forward slash Aussie Techheads, and how about AussieTechheads.com.au slash paper? Oh, it's going off, Will. It's going off. Got it all happening. All right. Uh, let's get through some of those other ones of yours. All righty. Well, uh, I've got a couple of people this week have announced data plan modifications. Telstra has done a prepaid mobile broadband data pass thingy that they call now where you can share it over multiple devices and stuff like that. Oh, yes. Um, so, as you can see there, they've got a three-day pass or a one-day pass and a week pass and things like that. So, you can have, say, if these are great. If you want to go on holiday, for example, you can grab a, a monthly pass, a $30 pass, lasts for 30 days, gives you three gig. Um, and it rolls over your unused data on your next recharge and things like that. So if you don't use it all, when you recharge it again, you've only used one gig, you've got two left to re- to roll over into the next For five. Into the next one. Hmm. So that's all so, right. So, yeah. So that's not bad. And also, but, yeah, Telstra's got the new data auto top-ups now, haven't they? Yep. Yeah, so that's yep. not too so, bad. And and that with, I like the, the, I'm a big fan of the data sharing they finally decided that they're going to do, so... Yeah, um, well, the we'll auto, see how that works. The auto top-ups, that, what that happens there, for those who aren't on Telstra, is that if you're going to go over your data cap, then instead of you know going over and paying $6 million per meg and then going, oh, I'm over, I better ring them up, and you already own 300 well, then this auto top-up means that for, you can say opt-in, and when you go over, if you go over the cap, automatically gives you a gig for 10 bucks. So yep. hopefully you will never get the $6 million charge. That's it. And not to be outdone, Vodafone. Uh, well, actually, a few of them. Virgin has announced new bonus data. Um, let's see. Here's what I'm looking at here. Yeah, I think this is the Virgin plan we're looking at. Uh, you can see there they've got up to 6 gig of extra data will be available to new or recontracting Virgin Mobile customers. So you can do a um, $80 plan with 24 months. It gets you unlimited voice. Um, and four gig of data plus bonus four gig. Hmm. Um, so what it basically is, the bonus, um, from what I can gather, I haven't actually read into it, but what it looks like, it's, it's the rollover. So, um, you can have up to four gig from the previous month. So if you don't use any of your data, then you can roll the whole lot over from the previous month, Hmm. um, up to that amount. So you could end up with you know, a maximum of eight gig for the following month. Of course, it only rolls over for the first 30 days, so you can't double it over. Um, but, you know, it's not bad. You know, yeah, that's four, good. For, 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 on an $80 plan, to get four gig data plus unlimited mm. voice isn't too shabby. No. Well, I'm on the, got the prepaid Telstra plan, 55 bucks a month. Uh, bring your own device. And, yeah, 55 bucks. Is not, it's only 1.5 gig of data, which, you know, I don't really use that that much data when I'm out and about because you mostly, you know, if you go to someone's house, you you, you know, you, once you hook into Wi-Fi, you're on there every time you go. So, yeah, 1.5 gig of data. And um, as a bonus, I'm not sure if that bonus is still going, but I've got $1,700 worth of calls. So, um, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> I can't do we, that many. You- that's it. I mean, you can see there too that um, if you look at, oops, if I press the right button, you go back and you'll see there that for if you just the the BYO plans for sixty bucks gives you unlimited voice and five gig of data. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's better than mine. Um, or if you look at the what Vodafone's doing, you can see that Vodafone on a twenty-four month plan is offering the smallest ones fifty dollars with four gig of data, uh, with eight gig of data. Sorry, mm. on their SIM only. Um, and right up to, 
you know, the 65 gives you 12 gig of data. Yeah. Uh, or the month to month. So non-contract plans, $60 gives you four gives you eight gig of data. Yeah, that's the go, isn't it? On a non-contract. Yeah, that's the go. But it is Vodafone, <laughs> though. That's the only problem. But that's the go. That's the plan. It's probably the best plan around. Well, Vodafone around here is really good. I got an, I know I know a couple of people that have it, and they have no dramas at all. So yeah, radio. Yeah. Oh, look. I'm not saying that as look around the Gold Coast. Yeah, depends on where you are. Populated yeah, areas. Yeah, sure. But I think go out to uh, I don't know. Go out to Burke. You might have a bit of <laughs> a bit of a drama. Well, they fall back know. onto the Optus network. So anywhere where there's Optus by rights, you should have signal. Yeah. Oh, so okay. So it falls back. Okay. Well, I thought they were on by them by their own old Vodafone. Um, oh, sorry. No, I don't know. I think they still... I'll have to double check. They used to fall back onto Optus for mm. rem, for remote... Well, like, if they, if you're in an area that's remote, they used to fall back onto the Optus 2G network. I don't know if they still do. It's Actually, it's been a while since I've had anything to do with them, but... Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. All right, next one. Um, all righty. So, of course, we know about Click Frenzy. Click Frenzy. Because last year was a huge success, and the year before was even more successful. Melted. In other words, as soon as it launched, websites yeah. crashed. Yes. <clears throat> so hopefully, um, yeah, Tuesday, May 19th, 7 p.m., as you can see there, Click Frenzy starts. This year, they've got uh, even bigger because this year, they actually Microsoft has joined the fray. Um, so that's going to make things even more mad. Um so, of course, there's, you can get things like $50 off Xbox One consoles, $30 off Xbox 360, 50% off Xbox games, 20% off accessories, um, $30 off Skype credits, which is great if you have a lot, make a lot of international calls and things like that. Mm. You can buy things, for example, deals like buy a Service Pro 3 and get a free um, you know, cover, key, keyboard covery thing and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, so just in case you weren't sure... Click Frenzy. It's. I mean, there's not only Microsoft. There's a whole heap of, you know, there's a whole uh, heap of stuff. Are on they there. really good deals, like across the board? Um, it's only some of the deals are only just starting to actually um, show themselves now. There wasn't actually that much information. And let me just update this now, and we'll have a quick look, shall we? Um, let's see here. So what have we got down? We're down to three days, twenty-one hours, twelve minutes, and forty-five seconds. Oh yeah. Um, so let us see what we have. Um, where is there? I'm guessing it's that one. No, that's the 2014 one. No, looks like I still haven't oh, got a full list of their stuff. Up What's that say in the background? Go nuts! Go nuts! Hey, who's nuts? <laughs> what are you on about? In the background, it's got go nuts behind the time, the countdown. Oh, it does too. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. That's that's too close. So I couldn't it's actually because I've zoomed that in to make it full screen on there, it's actually really huge on my screen, so oh. I kinda can't <laughs> see it properly. Uh click frenzy, here we go. But they don't have um I suppose they want you to go to the site in three days to find out. Yeah, but I'd like to have like a rough idea of Yeah, it'd be nice. You know, <laughs> what we're kinda of talking about. Yeah, well maybe as the time gets closer, like well it's only three days, but as it gets closer to it. Hmm. But anyway, that's the way they they want to play the game. That's oh, the way they want to roll the dice. Haunting essentials, here we go. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Well done guys. <laughs> Thanks for that. 
All right. Well, here's my final story for this week. Now, I don't know if you've heard of Google's Map Maker. So they've had this thing called Map Maker, which they introduced in 2008 as a way to gather mapping information from users to fill gaps in the map's data set. So users could add roads, buildings, whatever, other features, you know, servos, bottles, I don't know, whatever. In 2012, the World Bank announced a partnership with Google, enabling developing country governments and United Nations agencies to use MapMaker. So it's a, it's a fair income thing, you know. It's not just one another little, you know, brain fart from someone in Google. It's a, it looks like it's a fair income thing. So this allowed the bank and other organisations to access data in more than 150 countries for free. While it was normally available worldwide, Google did not enable MapMaker in nations such as China, Ireland, South Korea, Japan, South Korea. That's uh, interesting. How's North Korea going? He's crazy, that dude over there. Anyway, <laughs> you think? Yeah, he, he kills Book people. Give it away. He, he shot someone uh, with a what with air air surface missiles or something. Shot someone for falling asleep in one of his speeches. Crazy stuff. <laughs> anyway, um, Google is suspending the editing in the map maker mapping feature. Oh, try to say that after a schooner. Map maker mapping feature. <laughs> after moderation failures allowed rude images to appear on its map products. Oh dear. Really? Rude images. Like this one. No. Whatever shall we do? <laughs> Google. It's not rude. That's I know. Cute. So anyway, <laughs> last month, an image of an Android robot urinating on the Apple logo was inserted into Google Maps near Rolopindi in Pakistan. <laughs> why, would you, why would you just pick? So that's just random, I suppose. The but is it more random that it was put there or more random that someone found it? Yeah, probably. The incident uh, created a stir worldwide and Google removed the image, which appeared to have been inserted by an unknown user to protest against the company's review policy of map maker edits. <laughs> so there you go. Someone's decided to... That's <laughs> it's funny, though. They'd have a laugh at that. You've got to take it down, but they'd have, I'll bet you the Google guys over there they'd be laughing at that for sure for sure oh, yeah. all right good stuff map maker um <laughs> made will's day a yeah. couple of quick couple of quick stories to finish it off yeah of course they're android based because why not um so smartphones generally mm. not the most robust of phones you know relatively easy to break things like i've got you know i've got more and more cracks in my screen again i keep um I think it's probably not coming up on there, but yeah, I keep dropping my phone, so you can see. Oh yeah, yeah, no starting good. to happen. But, yes. How do you drop um, it? Just slips out of your hand. Uh, top pocket. Yeah, what you lean over? You lean, lean over. Yeah. Especially when you're carrying two, because I got I'm carrying two phones now, so you put them both in there, oh, and because they're metal, they're plastic on plastic, it's super slippery. So as soon as you even think about leaning over. I think, fall out. I think people so, with two phones are just such important people. Good on you. Well, I've actually, when I'm at work, I carry four. <laughs> oh, you're, you're very important times two. Uh, no, it's a pain in the ass. Um, so, but, so some people have thought about the problem and decided to do something about it. Oh. This is called the, um, the phone. Wait, where did my story go? Dang it. It was literally, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Fine. See Aspera, yeah, A S P E R E. Um, basically, it has a four and a half inch, twelve hundred by seven twenty resolution, running the third generation Gorilla Glass, uh, one point seven 
uh, gigahertz MediaTek, as we we're talking about before, octa core processor, um, two gig of RAM, sixteen gig on board, which gives you about ten gig usable. Supports up to a thirty-two gig card. It's got a thirteen megapixel rear camera with autofocus and a two megapixel front. Uh, Wi-Fi, obviously, Bluetooth, GPS, NFC. Um, it's got the full spectrum of everything from 2G right up to 4G and beyond um, support. Has rubberized and waterproof outer body for shock absorption, high visibility. Um, has sealed battery covers, mini USB charger port and three and a half headphone jack. They're all covered up so that they're, they're waterproof and water resistant. Um, it's IP68 rated, which basically means it's submersible in greater than a meter of non-corrosive liquid, so water and salt water and things like that, for more than 30 minutes. Totally dust resistant. It's running KitKat 4.4 Android. It's got a 3300 milliamp battery with nine hours talk time, 600 hours standby, and it weighs 220 grams. It's 150 by 75 by 15, uh, which is, let me just quickly look, so 150 by 75. So it's basically the same size as the Note 3. Um, a little bit thicker. It's 15 mil. The Note 3 is only only 6 mil. So it's about twice as, twice as wide, but it's basically the same size as the Note 3. Um, and it's designed, obviously, to be rugged and robust. You can see on the back there, there's a couple of couple of screws that you uh, undo those screws there, and that takes the back plate off to get to your battery and everything like that. Um, there's a, another... Um, section here where actually it's in this i'll have to flick this story across you can see yeah so once you pop the back open that's that's the back there yeah right um it's got the waterproof covers to cover up all your ports usb ports and and uh things like that it does have a slightly modified charger just with a longer head on it just to get in there so that you can um you can do it so and how much would I you expect like to pay actually so depending on where you go that the one I was showing you a second ago was actually Harvey Normal, and that's six hundred bucks yeah. outright, okay. which really is pretty decent given that like your um, something like the this one here, which is the other option to that. This is mm. Samsung. Um, they've this is a variant of their S six. Um, it's um, called the S six Active. Uh, it basically it's. Yeah, a ruggedized, a ruggedized version. Um, it's got an IP65 rating, so same sort of rating, um, running similar sort of specs as the the Note, um, the Note 4, or yeah, which or the S5, I suppose. Um, obviously, slightly lower support uh, hardware just to fit it all into the same size casing. Mm. But this one here is probably close to twelve hundred dollars. So yeah. yeah, so you can have, you know. You can have basically exactly the same phone for half the price. That doesn't look too bad. I like the colours. That and looks, look. Yeah, I actually really like it. It'd be a great tradie phone. Apparently, it's got a really bright, like an SMD LED in it, which is super bright. Yeah, okay, nice, nice. Um, 600. So, yeah. yeah. Honestly, if I'm seriously, like my contract's up in like four months. I'm seriously considering just going to that. I mean, I love my notes. I think they're fantastic. And Son's got the Note 4 and it's great. Um, but... Just for work and how hard I am on phones, yeah, I really think for me, I'd I'd much prefer to spend this. The, by then, it'll probably come down to you know four fifty or five hundred bucks. I'd much prefer to spend that and buy the phone and not have to worry about the screen breaking and dropping it and getting it dirty and all the mm. other stuff that I have at the moment. I'm having contact issues plugging my my phone in, um, my charger in, because it's got um, because it has got some 
you know, had a hard life, the the pins on the back are starting to corrode a little oh, bit because yeah. I work around battery acid all day. Yeah, right. Um, so, but I think something like that, I'd honestly, I'd, I'd go that way without a problem. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it look, doesn't look too bad. It doesn't run iOS though. So, yeah. I think that's because it's a real. That's because it's a real phone. <laughs> I think I'm going to get a iPhone six, but I'm going to wait for the S to come. I think. No intention of a a watch still. Just no. In, I'll tell you what I did get no, though. It's. I got a Fitbit. Yeah. Yeah. So did Warlock. I noticed he got one too. Oh, is he? He's only new too, is it? Yep. Yeah. Right. So um. Yeah. So look, I'm not. I'm not walking enough apparently. So um, <laughs> look, if anyone out there, you guys have got a Fitbit, uh, invite me as a friend and let's do a challenge. I've got to get got to get walking more. I'll try and beat you. Uh, so yeah, well, Glenn at AussieTechEds.com.au. Just email. Make sure you look up um, um, add me. Yeah, I've, I've got Warlock on me thing. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to find something that he actually put up interesting that was, I found quite interesting the other day. I'm just quickly scrolling through his post because, uh, well, there's two things and a little bit, little bit geeky, I have to admit, but... One is the um, uh, the new commercial um, MAME arcade emulators that they've just released. Oh, yeah? And they're like dead set, old-fashioned oh, yes. bench top. Yeah. Yes. Now, how much they're is one of those? 1500 bucks. 1500 <laughs> Yeah. So the problem with those, what I would imagine, is remember that when you used to go to the arcades, the joystick always broke. I, I That's because start... they used dodgy bloody... Con- That's because they use dodgy joysticks. Yeah, well, they were probably pretty rudimentary, weren't they? Like you could when they, they they can cop a flog on. Well, yeah, they do cop a flog. People smashing them left, right, and center. But uh, yeah. but yeah, that you can get tabletops if you've got an existing tabletop. You can get one of those boards that have got about sixteen games on it anyway. Just plug the board in. Well, that's it. I mean, I'm actually building one of these at the moment, um, and I'm actually using the Raspberry Pi. As a main emulator. Oh, nice and light. Yeah, nice and light. Uh, easy to move around, you know, but basically unlimited games. And the thing with mine, I'm actually making it so, obviously it's a tabletop, but I'm using the slide drop hinges so you can push it up like that and stand it up and turn it into a normal upright. So when you've got games that you need to play on an upright, yeah, nice. you can do it. Well, yeah, so well, what, that's a, why would you need to, all games would play on an upright or a tabletop, wouldn't they? Uh, no, not all of them. A lot of them, the um, especially if they're multiplayer games, like uh, multi, like simultaneous oh, multiplayer okay. games. Yeah, right. You yeah, know, but yeah. not ninety percent of games. Yes, you can quite easily play just on tabletop. But there's just some, especially when you know some of us like playing um, the Simpsons and Ninja Turtles and stuff that were actually four player, four player oh. games. So. Yeah, what I'd right. do in that situation is have the two normal controls, but then have two like the option to extend it with another two um, wireless controllers as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, there's a there's a couple here. There's a stand up one for you, Will. Yeah, uh, there's some there's some really amazing design ones out there. Yeah. But um, I've got a I got an old uh, screen. I'm throwing down at a down at the. <laughs> Tell you what, here's a here's a good here's a good tip. If you have a hotel or a pub or a club down the road that's um, renovating, go and stand around their scrap bins because I can almost guarantee that you will find them throwing out pokey toppers. You what know a- on the new pokey machines, how they've got two screens? They've got one up the top and one down the bottom? Yeah. Well, a lot of the time, the one on the top 
um, changes sizes depending on what game they're running. So the one on the bottom stays in the machine, obviously, gets when they change out the yeah, cartridge, okay. it changes the machine. Yeah. The one at the top may no longer be the correct resolution, orientation, size, right. whatever. So they yeah. chuck them in the skip. <laughs> so I picked up a... Um, oh, bull crap, did you? Yeah, it's out in the out in the, the kitchen. I picked up a I'm trying to think what size it was. I think it's a thirty two inch. Um it was it was mounted horizontally on top of the uh Halloween pokey. Right. So I've actually got a full fascia with the Halloween <laughs> and everything nice. on it. Yeah. And um I thought uh, it was pretty low res because I remember the game actually it was relatively low res, but I've since hooked it up to the laptop. It's actually 1080p. It just was running low resolution on on the monitor. On the monitor, right? Um, it's a, yeah. So I picked up a 32 inch 1080p monitor for. Wow. I mean, they are heavy, like dead set, because they're in a solid steel casing, surrounded by steel. With they're really heavy, but once you strip them out of the casing and all that sort of stuff, they're actually fairly decent. But yeah, so the, if you've got any clubs and stuff that's renovating, go and hang around. Down there, <laughs> go and have a look at one of those. I was just, I was just looking for the Halloween pokey, but I don't, I can't, I can't see it. Will it's one I'll of those. I'll have to uh, take a photo of it. And I'll, <laughs> I'll, um, yeah. So one of, oh, there's, a, there's a good one. Slot game. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, that's uh, by the way. All right, uh, let's let's get out of here. Have you done everything, Will? Done all you wanted to do? Yeah, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. All right, good stuff. All right, so uh, yeah. So don't forget if you if you're Fitbit, yeah. Uh, add me as a friend, and uh, uh, let's see, let's see uh, if we can <laughs> compete and get me walking. It's uh, Glenn at AussieTechers.com.au. You can email Will at AussieTechers.com.au. And uh, yeah, I've said all the other stuff. So yeah, I say it every week, so you won't forget it. But don't forget uh, ATHWebHosting.com.au for some hosting if you're into that sort of stuff. All right. Thanks for coming in, Will. Thanks for getting Skype no loaded up. Yeah, work everything and, seemed to behave itself. So and all that sort of stuff. You so. never know. You might be- Done you might well. Have to put up with more of me again. Good stuff. All right. Well, we we'll hope <laughs> to see you next week. That'd be great. All I want right. to say, and people in the chat room too, um, I wasn't ignoring you, but due to the limitations of my ability, um, mentally, <laughs> I wasn't able to log into the <laughs> chat room before the show. So, <laughs> all right. No worries. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we'll for here we'll leave you guys to it. So see you lounge. And see you, listeners and viewers. So until next time you hear us or see us, uh, stay happy. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.